Come live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. It's just awesome to be back. We've been out maybe two and a half weeks here. Awesome is at the opportunity um, I'm feeling to get to hear the guys' voices and to talk sports for sure. Let me welcome in Duck Raleigh. Sir, how are you? <laughs> Doing well, Princess, and Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Duck. Happy New Year. Hey, Tim Moore, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> oh boy, here we go already. In <laughs> <laughs> my Jimmy Johnson's voice getting inducted to the Ring of Honor at oh. TNT Stadium. <laughs> now that was a, that was a long time coming. I, you know, I have yeah. to admit they, they he should have done that a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it was good. To, well, it wasn't good. It was just kind of powerful to see. Um, Jimmy Johnson, emotional about it, coming back and talking about it. Um, and he said, this is the happiest point in, in in my life, you know, how this has all worked out, Hall of Fame now that. You're right, a long time coming, a long time yeah, coming. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt, because, you know, he didn't have that kind of success when he went back to the Dolphins. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's probably got to be, you know, a real highlight of his pro career particularly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. And what a career, though. His his impact on the Cowboys, his impact uh, on the Miami Hurricane, didn't do much yeah. to the Dolphins, but, you know, um, he, he definitely had the formula for winning at several stops. Let's welcome in Will Harris. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Happy New Year. How's everybody How's doing tonight? Happy doing New well, Year. Well. Happy New Year. Now, Duck, um, no Larry Tisdale, so I can take a 10-minute <laughs> commercial break. So we can go see where he oh, is. Yeah. Hold on. Well, oh, hold well, on. No, no, I got him. I okay. got him. I got him. I got him. Hey, Larry Tisdale. How you doing, sir? We can just do the show, I'm me good. and you. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Your, your pain just your pain just go come a little later than mine. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, while well. I still have some pleasure, I'm going to be petty. You're probably right. You're probably right. It's not like we keep yelling, they go into the Super Bowl. But you missed my opening when I said, how about them Cowboys? I just wanted to do oh, Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that, that I wasn't on for Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> That's right, in my Jimmy Johnson voice. Carlos Bradley, how are you, sir? I am good. Good to be with you folks tonight. Now, Carlos Bradley, I saw a picture with you and Duck. Carlos, you got more than fourth and one in you. You can still maybe get third in yeah. you. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't like to admit to that. I just like to think that I, I still got about 15, 20 minutes left in me. That's about it. 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Now, Duck says 15 seconds. You're giving me 15 minutes. <laughs> hey, hey, Princess. Hey, Princess, yeah. you, just added, you just added 10 seconds to mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right, Duck, Tim, you guys go ahead and get started. I'll try to be quiet Look, for a little bit. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a take a second here. Uh, I got uh, Jameis Winston on the other line, uh, Duck. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Cut him. Let him go. Will. I ain't never <laughs> like to know him. No, well, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Tim, and take a knee. <laughs> I'm gonna start out with my boy Larry. Come on, Larry. Open mic. What you got for us, Larry? Man, this is tough. But listen, this is real personal. I just don't know what's happening internally. And we said this, you know, Carlos and I, especially for the past six weeks with the Eagles. And I'm gonna go all the way back to that sideline brush up that he had with AJ. Something happened there, and it changed the chemistry of the team. And I think you know, in order to be a championship team, everything has to be perfect. And something changed in that locker room. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure what it was because players don't get bad overnight and coaches don't get bad overnight. So I don't know what's going on with it. So, you know, obviously it's affected us for the rest of the season, and, and it looks like our season is really about over. They might as well just – I'm not sure they should take a, a, a flight down to Tampa. So, I don't know what the heck's going on there, but I'm, I'm sure there will be some coordinators that will be gone and some players who would not be surprised to see A.J. gone. And now I have an understanding why he was let go from Tennessee for free. So, yeah, there's some, something going on in that locker room. Okay. Uh, Will, open mic, Will. Yeah, well, no, no matter how much they try to change uh, the rules in uh, football to make the league more passing, higher scoring, defense, and running the football will always prove to be a winning formula. In the NFL, you look at the top two seeds, San Francisco and Baltimore, you know, running the ball, defense. On the college level, you know, Michigan came in against this explosive offense, running the ball, defense. So, it's always going to come down to fundamentals, no matter how much they try to make the game more exciting, more higher scoring, make it safer. It's going to come down to who can run the ball and who can tighten up and, and stop the other team from scoring. Okay, uh, Tim, open mic, Tim. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm I'm going to be watching the next couple of weeks just with a lot of curiosity and a lot of interest to see um, what happens with this coaching carousel in the NFL. Um, I fully expect that uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to get one of those jobs, but they tell me right now there are five jobs that are available, and uh, you know there quite possibly may be more. Um, Steve Wilkes is out there. Um, Antonio Pierce has done a tremendous job with the Raiders. Um, uh, it'll just, just be real interesting based upon some of the things that we've talked about on this program uh, in the past, uh, what happens with that. Okay, uh, Princess, open mic, Princess. You on mute, Princess? Yeah, I was just on mute, and then I had a call. Coming through. What was that, Larry Tisdale? Huh? What'd you say? Oh, oh I didn't think you heard me. <laughs> She's in you her know, full I, helmet. I am. I am. <laughs> but I started out with how about them Cowboys, but I should have said happy birthday, Reverend John P. Robinson. Um, you know, it's been a full day around here. Happy birthday to him. Um, and happy the second thing is... <laughs> Happy birthday for sure. The second thing is is that today, 15 years ago, the Florida Gators beat the Oklahoma Sooners in the national championship. 
That's about as good as I have on on my Florida Gators. But now, in my Larry Tisdale voice, something is wrong with those Philadelphia Eagles, for sure. You know, it's in the locker room. It's in the organization. I can't seem to put my finger on it. But I do want to say A.J. Brown, a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, put on Instagram that he's tired of his he's tired of his quarterback. And if he throws one more interception, I'm gonna go to AT and T Stadium and play with number four. Oh, now he dang. put that on he put that on Instagram. A lot of people screenshot it. I've seen it. Oh oh yeah, oh yeah. And he's taking it down. But that was on Instagram with which A with AJ Brown. That's yeah. bizarre. That that is bizarre. So obviously behind the scenes, and I agree with Larry there that there's something going on with that relationship. Um, but also at ten and one, I don't know if they were a solid full or a solid ten and one team. And I think part of the problem too is that there's something I keep saying this wrong with Jalen Hurts. Um, and I hope his finger is okay. But twenty three touchdowns and fifteen interceptions. That's not what we expected, even though they continue to win. But um, congratulations. I'm going to leave the open mic. Congratulations to my Dallas Cowboys, NFC East champs. Carlos, I want to know, Carlos, if there's any truth to A.J. Brown reading uh, Antonio Brown's book on ways to destroy <laughs> things. But, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Carlos. Well, I want to I want to address this old ego situation since that seems to be paramount on everybody's mind. But I'm gonna tell you the way I see it. I don't think I think AJ Brown is the focal point, but that's not really what it is. I think it starts from the top down, and the issues are the players. Players, as Larry said, players don't get bad overnight. It's the same talent pool. Okay, but they aren't being inspired and to 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 do and perform the way they've done in the past. Why is that? Because their head coach is a fraud. Their their coordinators that their coordinators are overmatched. Okay, let's think about how this whole thing came together. When Doug Peterson was the coach, he was the football guy. Laurie and Rosen wanted control. They fired him when he wanted to play Hurts, okay? They fired him (laughs) then because they wanted control. They got control by hiring a young and experienced person so they could have control. They got control with with Sirianni. They hired good coordinators. Good coordinators got jobs and left last Mm -hmm. year. Now you got coordinators that are overmatched. Brian Johnson is is so predictable that you got running backs on other teams calling the offensive plays, sitting with Peyton Manning. So they are so predictable. The players don't like or get along with the coaches. You got you have Patricia coming down from upstairs to now run the defense. Look how bad Slay has played since that. Slay didn't get along with him in Detroit. Okay, that was a problem. Now you got Hassan Riddick saying, we don't like what's going on with the coaching. So the problems come from upstairs down and the players not being comfortable with what they're 
asked to do or not do. I think that is the whole issue. And Jalen Hurt has been hurt since game three. His knee has been hurt, then his side got hurt, and now his fingers hurt. So I think those are the issues with the Eagles, and they'll be lucky if they win against Tampa Bay. If they lose against Tampa Bay and start the year next year 0-3, Sirianni gets his sorry behind fired then. Man. Uh, Thank you, Carlos. Hi, Carlos. I'm telling you. Players don't get bad overnight. Players don't get bad. But they get uninspired if if the leadership is not leading them in a direction that they feel is appropriate. Okay. I call I'm gonna stay with you because let's go let's drop over here to a little college football. Before we get to the championship game and we we will, let's talk about where two great semis final games. Yeah. And let's uh talk about first one callers, let's talk about Alabama, Michigan and then Texas, Washington. Well, Alabama-Michigan, what I thought was really a good game, and I basically I think it came down to Michigan being tougher and Saban getting outcoached. Because at the end, I have no idea why he called whatever he, why he called that play. If it wasn't that play, I think the issue with the center and the quarterback became a problem because then it became how he could position himself. I thought he would give him an option of pass run on right. that last play, and, and it just seemed like because the ball went to the right and low, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't really do the things he wanted to do. But I think Saban was outcoached, but then I also think that Alabama in their own game were out tough. And as Will says, Tough defense and strong running game, no matter what they try to do with football, will always prevail. Okay. What about that Texas-Washington? Now, I thought this was going to be the best game. It may have been. Pinnock looked like, I mean, he looked like he should be the first quarterback taken, I felt, with the way (laughs) the ball just, when he's on, the ball just, like, flies out of his hand like he's back and he just comes out of and he was just throwing darts that night and i mean it was just i think he just got outperformed pretty much in that situation i think they got outperformed by by better players okay Larry. both semis yeah um you know the alabama game i thought kind of exposed some things that were happening at, at alabama um, they didn't come in as a big, bad wolf and, and win the game prior to coming onto the field. And, you know, Saban didn't have a choice this year. Obviously, he had already benched Milrow. And it, it proved that he was he – was, I thought he played a, a, a little young. I thought they were out physical, as Carlos said. Uh, they were not the, the aggressors on that, on that day. I, I was surprised to see, uh, see that. Um, and as far as the play calling and with the center – but I hope that something else was called for that last play and that the snap kind of just uh, changed that. Um, but, again, and he might have been outcoached. I think he has more talent, and I think he's lost some of his cachet. I know he'll be back again. Um, but if you don't have home field all the time, it makes it very difficult to win. So 
um, the other game. Um, you know what I saw in the Washington game, even though they won, and maybe we'll talk about this a little later. Uh, man, I saw some flaws in Penix when he is on throws a beautiful ball, and they are talented. You know, he's wide receiver. You know, probably be a top two wide receiver. Um, defense didn't show up. Well, we'll get to that one. But the defense played extremely well during this game, um, and I thought that. I thought that their talent in that season that they had was appropriate for them to win. I just thought that they were that team. What I saw from Penix, though, was somewhat troubling, and it's some of those things, and we'll probably get to them later, uh, came out during uh, this championship game. And they were there for the entire season. So, um, if, you know, we'll be able to reflect and look back and see some of those things that were concerning and they kind of proved. So it, it was good to see uh, that they did win, and they, you know, we had this fairy tale type of, uh, of an ending. All right, uh, Princess, did the semis kind of get you excited for the for the real championship? It did, and what it, it was really two good games. The only thing I can say is I don't know if you want a game to end at 1 a.m. in the morning because that's when that <laughs> Texas-Washington game ended, and, and I remember posting in the threads, and I was, I was like, wow, it's 1 a.m., and it was a school night for a lot of people the next day, uh, a work day. But anyway, um, the Alabama game, I, I, I agree with everybody. I thought Milrow was the answer, maybe not the answer. But what we haven't talked about is the play of that center that's now in the transfer portal and now I don't know where he's headed. But there were a lot of low snaps in that. But Ohio I do State. think that, yeah, Oh, he went to Ohio State. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, but I do think that Michigan was the bigger bully of the game, and I like what Larry said. Um, I thought Alabama played like freshmen or like this was new to them. This was not a well-seasoned team in this particular, or they would have, because they weathered the storm and made some adjustments and came out in that third quarter. But Michigan didn't go away um, for sure. Um, I didn't. I don't see Penix as Larry saw him, though. I, I think he is the number one pick in the NFL draft. I'd be surprised. If he's not, maybe it goes to Caleb Williams. But I like Penix Jr.'s game. Um, and I thought that showed against Texas. I thought Texas looked like this was new and the lights were bright, but they came back in the end and almost made it a game. But it had to do, too, with some mistakes by the Huskies on special teams. But um, two really good games. Um, the last time that we're going to have um, the format of four teams, and I thought they did well. The only thing I would say is, Push those games up. It was New Year's Day. Um, or don't make that game end at 1, 1 a.m. when it starts like that. That that was crazy to me. Okay, uh, Tim. Yeah, two two very good ball games. Um, I, I, I'm still um, – well, I'm going to leave the Florida State thing along. But um, mm-hmm. two very good ball games. Um, the, the first one with um, – Alabama and Michigan, I thought uh, early on Michigan looked like they were very, very nervous. Uh, They made a lot of mistakes early in the game. Um, And I think if they had not, they would have blown Alabama out of that ballgame. They dominated the both lines of scrimmage the whole ballgame. And um, I thought Alabama, even though they had a lead, uh, you know, for part of the second half, was outplayed all day. And uh, Michigan just made a lot of mistakes. 
they uh, fumbled a couple of times on on punt returns. They uh, dropped passes. They, you know, they did a number of things. That, you know, that, uh, during during the course of that ball game, that kept Alabama in the game. Um, but that was kind of my my thought. And, and coming out of the game, I was particularly uh, impressed with Michigan, thinking if they can fix that, they're going to be something to deal with. Um, the Texas-Washington uh, game, I was stunned. I expected Texas to, to, to beat them pretty handily um, because uh, after watching the way that they handled Alabama in Tuscaloosa and then the way they played in the Big 12 championship game, I expected them to come out and really kind of beat them by a couple of touchdowns. But Washington showed some grit that I didn't think they had, uh, particularly on the defense uh, against Texas. Um, and um, – their corners particularly are impressive. Um, so that, that was kind of what I was, I was stunned at that. And Pennix uh, was very good that day, as Carlos said. He, he was very good. And uh, I came into the championship week thinking uh, that Pennix was, uh, was the top quarterback in the country. Um, and I'll leave that there for the semifinals. Okay. Uh, Will. Yeah, starting with the uh, first semifinal game, uh, Alabama and uh, Michigan. First, I mean, it's just inexcusable to have that many uh, bad snaps and putting your quarterback in a tough position like that. And on passing plays, the quarterback needs to be able to read the defense, see the field when he's focused on looking down and trying to fumble around with the snap. I mean, he's, he can't really be that effective. And then even the final play of the game, they had a bad snap. So, I mean, that was a key part throughout the entire game. But other than that, I just thought uh, Michigan was, uh, as always, offensive line was dominate up front. They were able to run the ball well. And uh, Alabama, I thought Milrose was a little bit off target passing the game early on, but he was able to still find ways to move the ball, uh, use his legs, and be effective. They had a chance to win it at the end. Um, I don't like the play call, but then again, I don't know how much the bad snap affected that. But credit to Michigan for getting the win. Uh, the other game was a uh, old-fashioned shootout. I mean, Penix was on point great that game. I mean, Washington's got great skill position players, the wide receivers uh, on offense, the cornerbacks as well. I thought the two turnovers kind of hurt uh, Texas a little bit. But uh, overall, we just saw the Washington offense be explosive as we've seen them all year. Okay. Uh, now, Will, let's stay with you. Let's talk about this, the championship game, Washington and Michigan. Were you surprised that Michigan beat Washington up front, control the line of scrimmage? No, so, uh, I pretty much expected uh, that to happen. I thought Michigan had the advantage up front. I mean, Washington has a good left tackle. But other than that, the other rest of the line is pretty up and down all year. Uh, on the offensive line, I mean, Michigan's done what they've done all year. I mean, those running lanes were huge. I think uh, Edwards actually missed the hole on one play, but the blocking was so good, he was able to redirect himself and uh, break out a long run for a TD. So the yeah. two early TDs from Edwards were just good blocking up front by Michigan. And on the defense, I just thought Penix was flustered, very uncharacteristic. I mean, he was missing throws that were routine all year. Um, you know, he was rushing. He was missing open guys, wasn't seeing the field. His process was rushed. I just thought that Michigan pass rush was getting to him. So this game was one in the trenches. Michigan just blocked better, tackled better, and, you know, they were just more physical up front. Okay. Uh, Carlos, 
kind of flipping the script a little bit, uh, talking about, you know, we're talking defense-wise for Michigan uh, versus, you know, Washington's offense. And you hear some of the stuff Will said about it. What what was your take on it? Michigan, as Will said, was just more physical. They were the bullies in the room. I mean, they're – Offensive line controlled the game. Their defensive line controlled the game. They really, like, it looked like Washington forgot lane discipline. Like, there was one run where the linebacker came up, everything was was clean, outside shoulder was free, but then the safety jumped down inside, and he just jumped outside for that other – 47, 41-yard touchdown run. I mean, it was just very basic football, which I'd like to see. And then in the second half, when Washington showed a little more lane discipline, they, you know, they were able to, to stop them a few times. But um, I thought, that, I think the game was just there, as as already been stated. Pennant couldn't be himself because he couldn't get off his back foot and step into his throws. Because he was, you know, he was always running for his life. After two steps, three steps, he was he was running crazy. I think Washington's right tackle should play defensive tackle because he has no feet. Okay, he just kept reaching and using his hands and not moving his feet. One time, he just completely missed the count. It was like a count late, so he just had to grab the guy. So Michigan was the bully in the room, and the bully won. Okay, coming to you, Larry, and and this is the first time I've really seen Pennants off like this, and we know the offensive line didn't help him, but did you really think that the running backs or the receivers helped him at all? You know, this has a, this is a trickle down. Um, I, you know, I watched Pennants throughout this year, and if we if we remember, they pulled out maybe two or three ball games in the past you know, in the in the last four minutes of the game. Um, so they weren't like the most dominating game, and Penix did look good. And and my issue, not an issue, what I recognized during that game is when Penix is rushed, and Carlos mentioned this, if he's rushed up the middle, all his throws are off his back foot. So, you know, unfortunately, with, with the bully ball that they were being played against, they hadn't faced the line like that the entire season. Um, and that pressure from that D line threw his game off. Once his game was off, his receivers are off, his linemen are off, and everything. So I kind of thought that it started from there. Um, it, it, this wasn't the first game that I watched Pennix struggle uh, with a pass rush in his face, able to complete passes uh, accurately. Um, he steps up to the hole maybe once, but he doesn't climb the hole and then climb the hole back in order to find his, his uh, area of lane to throw in. So. Um, when we talked about, I thought in the beginning of the year, I, I said also I thought he should be the first quarterback taken. I think he probably flipped from everybody that was at the Heisman. I think he's probably the fifth or sixth quarterback taken um, after the end of this year, which is unfortunate. Um, and then when, you, when I looked into his eyes, you watch him, and it's just my personal opinion, there's something, there's, there's a level of not fear, but he doesn't have the opposite side. You know, that opposite side says no matter what, we're going to go out. Less talented ball players can do it and say we're going to win. I saw some uh, 
something in his eyes that just didn't bode well for me. Um, so it was that line that started it, and then he did not, nor did he in the entire year make adjustments to help his team. Um, and his team did not help him. Once things started going downhill, they, it was over. Um, and it was a whooping, you know, because that Big Ten came in and put a whooping on him. Okay. Chris, uh, Larry brought up an interesting point, adjustments. What adjustments did Washington make at halftime? <laughs> I, I really didn't see any, um, but I did think at, at in the third quarter they really stopped the run from Michigan, and you could see that happen in the second quarter too. But in the third quarter, you could see they were the line was a lot stouter on defense. Yeah. I'm talking about. I don't know um, if they really made any. As, as far as offensive is concerned, I thought Penix was off. Um, and there was a fourth um, and ten or something, and he missed a, a wide open, and I think that was the second second quarter. Maybe it was the third quarter. But um, I didn't see a whole lot on, on offense. But I did think that the way Harbaugh came out there with Michigan, and they interviewed both coaches, and um, and – Harbuck said, we're going to win the game today. You know, um, like they had all the scouting reports they needed um, from, from <laughs> you know, from, and, and everybody. from everybody, you know. But um, in the end, it was maybe good just to see the Harbaugh family and his brother come down on the sidelines and touch him and to see his mom and dad, um, you know, in the audience. Um, who's got it better than us? Cowboys. Oh, I'm sorry. I got confused. Okay. Give her her week on the respiratory machine. (laughs) (laughs) Jim, I want to kind of go back to what Larry said. I I, I don't agree with it, but you feel what Larry said about penance as far as being drafted. I I kind of agree with Larry, uh, Duck. I, I I think Phoenix lost a lot of money last night. Um, wow! Because com- coming into the championship game, I thought he was uh, the best passer in the country, and last night he did he he missed a lot of passes. I mean he the one there were two he threw to Odunze. One of them I thought had the potential of being a, a touchdown, and he threw it to the wrong side. Uh, Odunze was wide open. And he missed passes all night, like not quite like that, but he missed several passes all night. And I, and I think it was the line, um, the the pressure. He he hadn't been pressured like that all all season. Um, I was I was really sort of stunned because I I just did not expect to see that kind of performance. But I think it was all Michigan that caused it. I think it was that pass rush. And the interesting thing was that they did not blitz very much. They, they're just basically they're, they're four or five guys on the line. Uh, and every now and then they bring a linebacker, but most of the time it was their defensive line that was getting to them. And that Joe Moore uh, offensive line just didn't get the job done, especially as Carlos said, that number 73. He was like a turnstile uh, all night long. Um, just bad, just bad. Um, hmm. But, you know, I look at I look at – you know, we've, we've been talking about our top five all season long, and, and one of the things I heard several people say several times was that Michigan was probably the most impressive team all season, the most consistent team that we saw, but they weren't playing anybody early on. Um, and when they did play some 
some tough teams. I think the only team that really uh, challenged them was, well, two teams. Uh, Maryland challenged them pretty nicely and, um, and Ohio State. And um, I think they dominated everybody else that they played. Um, so they looked like to me last night the best team in the country. Um, I, I just uh, I was really impressed with them. And it does come now, down, as Will said, it's, it's, it's blocking. Can I just ask this of Tim? Tim, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Can I just ask, and I, I don't want to get too far off of it. we got 30 minutes and we got to get to another show. But after the performance of FSU with Georgia, are you do you give the, the committee any credit, or was that still just the biggest travesty of, of, of 2023? I, I, think, I think they deserve, they earned the right to get beat. Um, they earned the right. Nobody beat them all season. Uh, and even if they even if they did get beat, um, they wouldn't have got beat like they did against Georgia uh, if they had all the players. Um, they mm-hmm. had 23 guys out. Um, and so I don't think that game really tells us much of anything about Florida State's at full strength. Um, and so I, I, I still think the committee should have had them in there. Um, however, we had good ball games. I mean, all of, all of the uh, semifinal games were very competitive. And they were all all four good ball clubs. So, you know, uh, six of one, half dozen of the other, I guess. Okay. Sorry about that, Doug. No, no, it's no problem. I, I just got to go back to Larry and Tim because what six quarterbacks is better than pennants? Yeah. I'm busting my I, brain trying to figure it out. I'm with, I'm with you, Doug. I'm with you, Doug. Okay. I was getting ready yeah, to I ask that. Well, yeah, I don't think you got you, you got you got Drake. Well, five, let's say five or six. You got Drake May. You got Caleb, uh, the kid out of LSU. Will go before he gets drafted. Um, so it's three. I'm not sure who maybe the next two are. I'd have to look at the board. Um, Larry, no, don't 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 strain on that because there's nobody else. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I I agree with you there, Duck. I I think I think they're the only three um, that that are, that are perhaps based upon what I saw last night. I didn't think that going into yeah, the last he, night's game. The kid had a bad game, and he is, and he and he and Larry, and you were right. He, yeah. he 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 didn't play some games like any other college player as as well as he possibly could have. But I think I think he's going to be a pretty good pro. Duck, can I interject? Can I interject? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at Penick. Look at Penick against Texas. Who had a better game? Look how the ball jumps out of his hand when he's given time. Last night, you can't you can't say that, Larry, because he was under pressure all night, and he got his ankle stepped on, and he got his side hurt. He was playing under major duress last night. And what quarterback is better? You want to take Caleb Williams, who wants to own your team? I'm not taking him. <laughs> He's, whatever and, team and, I'm going to, I want ownership. I'm not taking him. And Caleb Williams stumbled in several the, games this year, too. Caleb Williams didn't have a perfect season. Exactly. All, all maze, and I'm down here in North Carolina, and I know for a fact he didn't. Yeah. So I'm taking the kid who's been through the most pressure. Yeah, learn Tim just to say, hey, you know, we gotta give him a man his due. He he didn't have a great game, but neither did some of them guys that we, we're trying to rank in front of him either. Yeah, 
No. Yeah. And did you see that Pennick at the end? Pennick at the end was still playing and still telling people, you ran the wrong route. I'm still trying to get you the ball. He did miss some people, but that was that he was on. My concern was not necessarily just this game. I think everything happened to be fully exposed this game. Um, and, and, again, I don't know if he'll drop the six, but I'm, I'm certain that all those others will go in front of him. Um, I, I just saw some – and I'm not sure that they're as talented or ready to, to be that position as he is. I, I really don't know. But there's something within his eyes when you look at him that I see that, that, that looks concerning to me. Like when you look at him, it looks concerning when I look at him when he's in these positions. And a bunch of these games, like the Eagles game, there are three or four games that they could have lost, and, and it was his arm strength and his talent that bailed him out of it. But I think but, that But I thought probably, the same thing with, with FSU. There were a couple games they could have lost, but they still ended up, you know, yes. 13-0. and 0. Um, yeah, I, And I don't get the same feeling when I look in Penix's eyes. I thought he was the coolest and the most common um, quarterback I saw all season. He didn't get rattled at all to, to me, but – but I, I think that's no. the difference in, in our our perspective, yeah. for sure. And I don't think I'd he, hate to see just, six other quarterbacks go before him. I don't, I don't see I, six. I don't. I don't see six. Yeah. But I, I I sort of saw what Larry is is describing too. I didn't like the way he responded and the way he looked. Um, he, okay. And he doesn't rattle, and it's not a rattle. To your point, Princess, it's not. He's not rattled. He looks. He looks composed, but it does not look like he has. It in order to take it to the next level, and he's doing and saying all the right things. But it's just but when I'm looking at him, yeah, he's like 25 years old too, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yes, he's he's not the only one at that age. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Hold on, and I don't want to Sam Hartman. Me. Does Does Nick go before Bo him? Nick. Does Bo Nick go before him? No, because they love no. him. I, no. Okay, I agree, but I agree. Sam Hartman? But they love him. No. And I, I wouldn't take this skinny quarterback from LSU before him. He looked like he's about to break. All right, guys, we're, we're, we're going to move on and come back to say what you put. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of uh, the NFL playoffs. Uh, teams that got in and maybe some teams that should have got in that didn't get in. What what you think about that, Princess? Doug, I just want to give a shout-out to Mike Tomlin. You know, I have counted him out and counted him out <laughs> um, and and gotten an argument from you um, personally on the phone, on radio live, you know. But <laughs> Mike Tomlin, um, when the chips are down, whatever, and, and for him to put Mason Rudolph in there the last, yeah. three, last three weeks, and they win those games. Now, I know that, you know, Lamar Jackson wasn't playing for with, with Baltimore, but that Thursday night game last week, and I can't remember who they were playing, um, but kudos to him. I, I thought this was his best coaching job. And, again, in year 17, which is amazing to me, 17 years, no, no losing season. Congratulations, Mike Tomlin. That's one of the things, him making – they're making the playoffs. I'm surprised that the Buccaneers made the playoffs, um, and I don't know how far Baker Mayfield can take them. I definitely want them to win week one, that game in Tampa, um, and send the Dirty Birds on home. Um, oh, that's the wrong team. Just the, just the Eagles. 
um, send them mm-hmm. on home. But I really don't know how far the, the NFC side, I still think that the 49ers are the best team on the NFC side. Um, but they've shown some, you know, um, some, you know, some things where they've scattered too or not been consistent. Um, but if there's ever an opportunity uh, for Dak, who threw 36 touchdowns and only nine interceptions, and for them to have a thousand-yard runner, um, you know, th- this is their best chance. And I know all of us as Cowboys fans seem silly. We're always going to go into the Super Bowl. But if there's ever an opportunity, maybe this is it. But even if they run up against the 49ers, they're going to do it do it away, and, and the Cowboys aren't good away. The other thing is that the Bills taking on the, the, the Dolphins, knowing they were already in no matter what, and they still end up winning that game despite um, Josh Allen throwing um, two interceptions. But the, the field is set, but there's some interesting matchups. But the one that I'm really curious to see um, is the Eagles and Buccaneers in Florida, um, especially if it's hot. And it is sometimes hot in January in Florida. Okay. I stand right with you, Princess, because we want to know then who's going to the Super Bowl. Oh, boy. The Ravens, I mean, if if I'm not trying to be petty here and, and just outright silly, the Ravens and the 49ers. I'd like to see the Ravens and the Cowboys, but I think the Ravens win it all. Um, and I've been down on Lamar Jackson um, for a lot of reasons that, that really don't make any sense. But that young man has made himself a pocket passer, um, and I, I guess we'll get to the whole term that we're going to talk about. But I think the Ravens won it all. But in the Super Bowl, the 49ers um, and the Ravens, I'd like to see the Cowboys. I just don't think they get there. Okay. Uh, coming to you, Will. Now, if Baker right. Mayfield uh, will beat <laughs> the Eagles, will, will he get his uh, commercials back? I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think he'd absolutely beat his um, Oklahoma buddy, uh, Jalen Hurts, head to head on the home on Monday night. So, yeah, I think he'd probably not only get that, but he'd probably looking at him getting an extension. I don't think uh, Tampa Bay is going to kick high enough to get one of the top quarterbacks in this draft. So, yeah, I mean, he had a great bounce back year for him. I mean, as far as the uh, teams, though, I'm going to have to echo what Mike Tomlin was able to do with this team, the defensive injuries, the quarterback yeah. turnover. That's just an excellent uh, performance by him. One of the, I mean, once he gets that quarterback position, so I'll just imagine what that team could be. I mean, you got Matthew Stafford returning to Detroit, Tyreek Hill returning to Kansas City, Cowboys-Packers rivalry. So I think it's a pretty good uh, lineup of games. I mean, as far as teams that probably should have got in, I just thought the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars just had a bad collapse last part of the year. I don't know what was wrong with that. I know they had some receiver injuries, but that was uh, disappointing from them considering the big uh, strides they made last year. Okay. Doug, can, uh, I, well, can I say this? I just wanted to say I wanted to steal this from Carlos, and that is that the talent pool didn't change in the Steelers locker room. Maybe it got a little bit worse, but obviously the coaching style of, of Mike Tomlin reigned because he got them ready and prepared and inspired them, and, and I thought that was a good run at the end of the year. Correct, correct. That's what it comes that's, down to the coaching. The coach. They played yeah, for the coach. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to Will because I want I want the Will's prediction on the Super Bowl. 
I'm going to go uh, with the Baltimore Ravens beating the San Francisco 49ers. I really want to see Lamar Jackson uh, win one this year. Okay. Coming, coming to you, Larry, kind of like the, the same question, you know, uh, is anybody that you felt that should have went in, that didn't get in, before you answer that, I just want to say <laughs> that Jacksonville fired every brother on that defensive staff today and then for <laughs> two brothers on the offensive staff. But Damn. Uh, but anyway, and go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry, Jack. Their collapse. <laughs> their, their coll- yeah, that collapse was as equal as the Eagles collapse. Uh, so there is something, I don't, you know, I'm not sure where where it is, but it, if they're internally as, as ravaged as we are, um, but something internally happened to them also. Because I think they were eight and one or something like that. And eight and three. Eight, okay, eight, eight and three. three. Okay, right. Um, the Steelers. Um, I know at around week seven, week eight, they wanted his job. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it was Carlos. Then somebody said on here, no, they'll be back, and you know, they will follow their their, their general, and they did. Uh, so it was remarkable, and for I'm sure all of us here, I was. It was good to see them uh, to do what they did. He is one of the better, real better coaches in this league. Whether it's him with play calling or him assembling a staff, unbelievable. Um, D'Amico Ryan uh, with Houston, I thought, had a hell of a year. Um, we don't hear yeah. a lot about him. Nothing was nothing was expected out of them. Oh, to see to see them do what they're doing, I'm really really happy. Um, if there's some games that I'm looking forward to during the playoffs. Obviously, the Eagles Buccaneers. And I got to be honest with you, that's a toss-up. I'm not even saying it's a toss-up. I'd probably give the advantage to the Buccaneers. And uh, yeah, I just—it looks like we've fallen apart on every level. But personally, that's one where you know I'd like to see. But that Rams-Lions game, I think it's going to be a great game. Yep. Um, because anybody coming out of that can win that the NFC also. Um, I think you know, especially the Lions. I think the Lions match up really well with the 49ers. Um, so that would be interesting to see if that would happen. Um, and in the AFC, you know, the Bills, I'm not sure you could throw interceptions at this time of the year and get away with it. I think that will be a problem. Kansas City, something's going on there also. Um, I like the Dolphins in that one. And as far as the Texans-Browns, it's really, uh, really a toss-up game. I- I'm probably going to go with the Browns on the defense there. Um, so I've got the Ravens coming out there and the 49ers, and I think Will said it. I would love to see uh, our young man, uh, you know, who was not supposed to be a quarterback, who was asked to play every other position, who has in the entirety of his career, even after winning MVP, has not been considered a good quarterback. Uh, to see him uh, win this would be, would be a great year for us, considering my Eagles are not going to do it. All right, I'm gonna to come to Tim. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on NFL? Who get, who didn't get in that you thought possibly could have got in, and then take it from there. Oh well, um, hmm, who didn't get in? Probably Jacksonville's the obvious one. Um, um, I think they're probably the only one I can think of that. Um, probably should have gotten in that uh, that that didn't, in my mind. Um, there's a few surprises. 
uh, that did get in. I'm surprised at the way the Rams ended the year. Um, I thought they got on a nice little run there near the end of the year. I was surprised at that. I was surprised that Tampa Bay played as well as they did. Um, you know, through the, um, the throughout most of the season, actually. Um, and I was really surprised and impressed with what uh, D'Amico Ryan's did at Houston. That was um, that was very very impressive um, because they. Um, uh, they were they were on life support at the end of last year, and I was I was thinking that he should not have even taken that job. Um, so uh, yeah, those three those three just sort of stand out in terms of uh, what I think might happen in the playoffs. I think Baltimore is the best team. Um, they I think, the way they went into San Francisco and handled San Francisco was shocking to me um, because uh, San Francisco had bullied everybody. And um, they ran across a team that they couldn't get, that they couldn't bully. And in fact, they got bullied that night. Um, and I think San Francisco is by far the best team in the in the, the National League. So uh, that's what I'm expecting to see in the Super Bowl. And I, I don't know if it's going to be a repeat of the same kind of thing, but that night, Baltimore looked like a much better team than San Francisco. Okay, Carlos. Yes, sir. Um, my surprises are the Bucks being in the playoffs and Pittsburgh being in the playoffs. Um, you know, early in the year they didn't look good offensively or defensively, but particularly the Bucks pulled it together uh, defensively, and Pittsburgh pulled it together. I feel because of their leadership, they followed their coach, as as has been stated. Um, Jacksonville not being in. I thought was surprising. I thought they would would get in. I'm happy for the Texans. I'm happy for D'Amico Rhines, who I think should be coach of the year, and C.J. Stroud, who should be rookie of the year. I don't know who else is even in the running. Um, Detroit is making the Midwest proud, that so that looks good for them. I uh, can't games looking forward to Kansas City Dolphins. I mean. Something's going on in Kansas City, and and I feel that Mahomes is still the money guy, and I can't – he could go out in the first round, but I don't think that's the way they want it to go. Um, So I I think that would be interesting. Um, Super Bowl, like everyone said, it looks like 49ers-Ravens to me, and and I think – Lamar Jackson um, becomes like the NFL's worst nightmare. I think he could throw for 200 yards and run for 200 yards and be like, oh, my gosh, this is what we didn't want. He's the greatest thing ever. So is he going we'll to see. Disney? We will see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, just two quick questions, and anybody could uh, respond to them. I wonder if what if quarterbacky, and two, who would name? And I don't know if it's true. Who would name that kid Noah nigger and not a nigger? Whoa, man! Uh, I I think uh, uh, his his uncle is David Duke. Or what did he do? Um, <laughs> so that I think they're related. Uh, other than that, they were drinking some like uh, forty ounces something watching the Chappelle show. 
and, and were inspired uh, from the nigger family. So uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Sound like a bad character. Sound like a bad character from a uh, Tarantino movie. Princess um, touchdown by nigger. <laughs> oh my goodness! He's on the interview. He said it's pronounced Kanega. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were That's on. Not how it's they were on live with um, uh, gosh, what's his name, Robert Griffin. They were on live with him, and and um, they sound <laughs> about as David Duke as they could sound. But hey, you know, and I and I'm sorry, Princess and and Will. So they're gonna make the case. Sil- uh, not silent now, because usually that, that K is silent. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So if they want to be called Kniger, well, you still ain't going to tell the kid, uh, well, I'm not a Kniger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, we need to pass this one on. <laughs> Tim, what are your Everybody thoughts? Everybody goes. I read read the same thing. You know, they were. I read this long diatribe about how you know it was pronounced "kanigga." I I don't like the fact that it has become such a a big news story. That kind of tells me where the people's mindsets are in this country. It's kind of funny for us, but uh, you know, I think a lot of other people are looking at it and really snickering and making a big deal of it. Uh, You know. Uh, when we're not around, um, and and that bothers me. <laughs> oh, hey, we can't be around. Hey, look, so so you don't think they're gonna have you announce a uh, Tim? So he picks <laughs> off the past. Who picks off the past, uh, Tim? <laughs> like a nigga run. Yeah, a <laughs> nigga can run. <laughs> Oh, and then I said, no, this, I'm sorry. I, I meant to put the K in there, but it gives them opportunity okay. to use it. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Uh, yeah, is he really going to West Virginia? Are they talking about? No, that nigga not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't take it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was the internet prank at first. Yeah, you so said, too. is this real? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. Hey, man. Hey, look. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna check with my boy, Chad Scott. But, hey, Francis, I know we got another show. I'm, I'm, I'm passing it over. Okay. <laughs> Say that again, oh please, Duck. Say that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, wow. Ooh. All right, and before we go, anybody, I want to see if I can get this in. i got four minutes. See if we can take two. Um, and maybe we can just get yes or no. Larry Tisdale, should James Winston be cut? Who? <laughs> James Winston. Oh, my goodness. Leave that boy alone. I, I, look, everybody <laughs> else gets passed. Just leave him alone. All right, Carlos Bradley, should he change the play? Should he be cut? <laughs> Yes. Thank you. Carl. Yes. We'll He's not have the only one that gets good, does it? No, it was a team decision. Tim Moore. I wouldn't want him as a teammate. 
Duck Riley. Man, you go, man. You know you can't do that. Come on. You're going to change his you, name. Right. That, yeah. I, I think he lost the locker locker room. Um, and, and I'm talking about Dennis Allen at this point. And and I and and really James Winston tried to to sell it in his 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 answer, but you got to have some some kahunas to do that, to say okay, we, we're gonna get Jamal the ball, we're gonna let him, you know, you know we bought what the coach said. Um, and Arthur said and the, okay, he was gone anyway. But that I, I thought often. that was. Hey, Princess, he almost got his coach beat up. Yeah, and you know what, Larry, I do agree with you. You know, even in high school ball, I've known my brothers to say, man, we changed that play. They, we weren't going to run to the right. That dude over there was killing us. Okay. But we're talking about an NFL game. Um, and so where, the victory formation. The victory formation. Yeah, in victory formation. I, I thought yeah, that was yeah. lower than low. <laughs> I thought it was low, but I gave him a pass. Well, you, but it was. You know, I, I, I heard a rumor that a few people in New Orleans were in Atlanta were calling him a cut nigga yesterday. <laughs> Lord, this gonna have a life of its own. It is. I gotta use the Kanigga. Know that nigga. Who's now. gonna be the Kanigga of the week? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh no, my gosh! You're that's not right. a no, you're not a Kanigga. You're uh, going south real, real fast. I hope I don't get. Listen, I hope I don't get fired trying to do this one. <laughs> I'm going to say that's just, Somebody has to put in a Howard Cosell voice. <laughs> Bring it that big That connection is flat five. <laughs> All right. We got to get to the next show. Um, a shout-out to Tori Martin for watching again. Also, a shout-out to Sean Martin. He is he is staying in West Virginia, Duck, right? I'm getting emotional. Oh, wow. <laughs> You what? Say that again. I said I'm getting emotional. You're getting emotional. Wow. Okay. All right. Never had it so good for Talk Radio. We'll be back here in about uh, 180 seconds. We'll see you then. <laughs> uh,